I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Friday, December 9th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the winter meetings have wrapped up. The free agent frenzy on spending is still ongoing. Uh, the big news uh, th- late this week that the San Diego Padres, after uh, missing out on Aaron Judge, coming in with a late offer there, uh, they quickly turned around and offered an 11-year contract to Xander Bogarts. Uh, you know, I thought the Padres had a pretty good shortstop in uh, in his own right in Fernando Tatis, uh, but now they've got Xander Bogarts in the fold for 11, uh, 11 years and more than $300 million. Yeah, an- another crazy contract, Joe. Uh, 11 years, you know, I guess uh, Tatis is going to play the outfield, it, it would seem. And they and they, I can't remember the kid that replaced Tatis at shortstop, uh, but he was a pretty good shortstop defensively as well. So, you know, they've Hassan, got him. Hassan Kim, is that? Right, right. Yeah, I, I really like the way he played, especially de- defensively. And uh, so, you know, they've got, th- they've got what, three guys that are making close to $300 million, over, have signed $300 million contracts. <laughs> that, yeah, it, they've, it's, they've got it's close crazy. to a billion They've got close to a billion dollars on their uh, on their payroll in, over the next over the next ten years, so we would just like three guys. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and you know you just wonder. Uh, you know, Bogarts is thirty years old. You know, he's going to be uh, what at the end of this contract is he's he's going to be forty one. Is he still going to be playing shortstop for you? Or you know, it's just you know I think you set you're setting yourself up for disaster. You know, most of these clubs that sign these long-term contracts, Joe, it just the last three or four years of these deals, you know, do not work out well for the ball club. And, you know, they have to know that going in, I would imagine, or they wouldn't sign these guys. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of formula there that that A.J. Preller is, is using, the general manager for for the, uh, the Padres, because they just got out from under uh, a, a long contract like that with, uh, Eric Hosmer, uh, didn't they, they, they just traded him away to, uh, uh, Boston and, and that was one of the, you know, he was on the back end of a, a long contract like that. And, uh, there, there's gotta be some sort of give and take that the, the front office uses that, that, that tells them, yeah, we can, we can offer them more years like this and, and sort of, 
uh, bite the bullet when they become unproductive at the end of a contract like that. Yeah, you know, I, it's either that or you or you're stuck. You know, you're stuck like uh, what Cleveland was. You know, in in a smaller scale with uh, a guy like you know Travis Hafner, you know, who signed. You know, what at that time was what the biggest contract in team history, and uh, you know, had four great years. And then gets hurt and, you know, struggles for the last, you know, three or four years of the deal. And it's kind of a millstone around, uh, you know, teams, mid and, and small market clubs. But, the, you know, the bigger market clubs, I guess, uh, can withstand it. Yeah. And then uh, it, it's it's almost like uh, teams don't learn their lesson. Uh, <laughs> they turn around or, or the, the trends are just such that uh, – you know, a guy like a Brandon Nimmo can come out and get an even uh, an even more ridiculous contract after not playing a season this past year. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know that 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 blows me away. That that you know he that he just signed with he's, he returned to the Mets an eight year deal with the Mets and uh, you know it's it's uh, you know what the the new owner uh, uh, Stephen Cohen. Um, has money to burn and he's burning it man yeah they they created a uh, a whole tier of the the com- uh the competitive balance uh luxury tax uh for for Stephen Cohen uh just uh or Steve Cohen just his uh, his own uh sort of tier of that that tax threshold and he's he's bound to de- and determined uh to reach it eight years 162 million for Nimmo a guy who who didn't play uh, last season because of injury and now he's coming back uh, and and he's going to be uh, he's not going anywhere he's going to stay with the Mets just a huge huge gamble I mean and uh, you know when when you have an owner that's that's willing to spend like that I guess you ride it out and and you know the baseball people have to be happy but even even the people running the Mets have to know that you know, somebody's going to pay the piper at the end of this thing, at, at the end of those contracts. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they're not they're not still in the positions of power. Maybe they'll they'll have moved on to another team or something. But somebody's going to get stuck, you know, holding the bag there. How does how do all of these contracts that have been handed out so far, uh, you know, if you, you look at it through the lens of what the Guardians did, with Josh Bell and and like we had talked on on Wednesday's podcast about you know it's a two year deal but it's it's really a one year deal with with options and uh, it, you know it's it's favorable to both uh, the club and to to Bell depending on how he performs uh, with uh, you know it being a thirty three million dollar contract but really uh, you you're really on the hook for just that 33 million if he he doesn't give you what you're looking for and and if he does give you what you're looking for you're 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 able to to compensate yourself with with draft picks if he if he decides to walk away yeah i think that was part of the uh you know the deal uh you know that was that made the deal you know uh in in the past cleveland you know i can't remember them uh, including an opt-out in a in a free agent contract but uh, you know this, uh, like you said, Joe, it's a win-win situation for for the for the player and the team. You know the team doesn't get stuck. Uh, you know with a uh, you know a four, five, six-year deal, uh, get all guaranteed, and uh, it it they uh, you know kind of minimize their risk. And the player 
can uh, if he has a if uh, Josh Bell has a great year in 2023, he can you know opt out and uh, you know reset his uh, his uh, you know his value on the free agent market and and get a bigger contract. So you know from that point of view, it makes sense. Yeah, nothing uh, nothing motivates a player like the the opportunity or the ability to you know increase his value in, uh, on the market like that. And uh, I think Josh Bell is if he wasn't already motivated to come in here and, and perform, uh, it, it, you know, his, at his best, uh, he's certainly going to, to try and do that uh, now that the, the contract is laid out the way it is. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, you almost don't have to, to motivate a player there, uh, a guy like a Josh Bell to come in and, and, and work hard because, you know, it, it benefits him to do so. And he knows it. Yeah, you know, it's kind of the, you know, the carrot and the stick kind of theory, you know, you've got, you know, if you're, if you're, if, if you know, I, I don't know, you know, if you're uh, in the, uh, you know, the one, uh, the one year mode and uh, you know, lots of players, we've seen it in the past when they hit that free agent year, suddenly, you know, they're playing 150 games a year, you know, no more aches and pains. They're, they're putting up, you know, big, uh, you know, walk year numbers and, uh Perhaps uh, you know this. Uh, this is the kind of thing that um, will motivate uh, motivate Josh Bell. Uh, speaking of uh, dangling a carrot on a stick, uh, the uh, the Cardinals uh, went out there and 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 they attracted uh, their replacement for Yadier Molina. Uh, they didn't have to go far. They went in division and pried uh, Wilson Contreras away from the Cubs, uh, division rival, a guy they're very familiar with. He agrees to a five-year, $185 million contract. Uh, and that was that was supposed to set things in motion in the uh in the catcher's market. It was supposed to give uh, you know, sort of a barometer on on where uh the asking price for Sean Murphy was and you know where where the Guardians kind of stood in terms of that negotiation and and sort of to to get the avalanche of uh, of, of signings going in that uh, direction. Uh, Contreras to St. Louis, uh, five years, one eighty five, and yet no other movement in terms of catchers uh, since then. Yeah, um, you know I think uh, if you look at uh, the catching situation right now, the free agent market. Uh, you know, probably Kristen Vasquez is the next guy on the list. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the people that are looking for catchers now, you know, with, uh, you know, Cleveland being one of them, you know, do they prefer a trade? You know, I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Cleveland is in, has spent their uh, free agent money. You know, I think they, with, 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 with Bell, I, I think they, they, I don't think they, they want to, uh, you know, you know, Vasquez give Vasquez a three-year deal for like thirty-three million, which is you know what he's projected to to be looking for. Um, you know, I, I think they'd rather make a trade. So you know, you've got you know, so per, perhaps they uh, they go after uh, you know they continue to pursue Murphy, or you know maybe they turn to Toronto, which has you know some depth at catcher. Um, and uh, you know, we've seen uh, you know from. The, the one of the reasons St. Louis backed out and backed out on the uh, Murphy trade discussions and, you know, eventually signed Contreras was, uh, you know, the, the asking price that Oakland, you know, has put on uh, Murphy's head. Uh, basically, you know, they, they want, uh, you know, they want major league ready players. 
and uh, they kind of went after the, the, the you know, the uh, pick of the litter from uh, the, the Cardinals uh, system. Yeah, uh, reportedly uh, Oakland's asking price for uh, in, in a trade from St. Louis uh, out of St. Louis's, uh, you know, organization would have been uh, the likes of Nolan Gorman, Lars Newtbar, Brendan Donovan, Alec Burleson, and Dylan Carlson, uh, those were at the the top of the uh, the wish list there, uh, and, and that's different than you know sort of trying to to pillage the the upper levels of St. Louis's farm system. Those are all guys who have or you know are expected to have major league impact in the coming season, uh, as opposed to guys who are a year or two away. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, you, you've got to, you know, okay, now now transfer that thought to, uh, you know, I would imagine Oakland is asking uh, Cleveland for the same kind of deal. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Cleveland would would entertain those thoughts. They they definitely like Murphy. They've been, they've been after this guy since the middle of last season, so they certainly know what the A's are asking for. Um, and... But you have to wonder. Okay, you look at the uh, your your major league club, your 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 major league roster. Where do you have the depth, Joe? Where do you have the depth where you could give up a major league ready player or a guy that has already you know made his big league debut and you know not hurt yourself and and get Murphy back? And you know, it, I to me, I think it it has to be in the middle infield and it has to be you know a starting pitcher or something you know along those lines. At least you know. When when you look you you try to align where uh, Cleveland's strengths are, yeah. With the uh, with this new information, uh, you know, I would re recalculate and recalibrate. I'd move I'd move off of somebody like a Gavin Williams or a, a Logan Allen or, or or guys at the uh, who are just scratching the surface at the top of the. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, the, the farm system there, uh, and, and I would say... Uh, it's it's got to be uh, you know maybe even a guy like a Zach Plesac or uh, you know a starter who they like. Uh, it, I'm sure they could ask for Tristan McKenzie and the the, the Guardians would laugh. But uh, you're, you're talking about guys who have already made their pitching debut. Maybe maybe they're talking uh, like uh, Zavian Curry plus you know uh, Curry plus Hunter Gaddis or. Uh, you know, I, I I would imagine Cleveland would be willing to uh, to part with those arms, but if you're talking position players, I'm thinking Gabriel Arias and Tyler Freeman. You know, things things like that that would that would sort of uh, you know, guys who are expected to be on the roster this year, the active roster this year, uh, you know, coming up. Uh, I, I'm going to guess that Cleveland was was at least offering. Uh, Owen Miller in a in in a trade in in some way to try and move him out because he's a sort of like a, a, a guy without a home right now uh, on the infield. But 
yeah, it, given the new information about what St. Louis asked or what what Oakland asked for out of St. Louis, uh, you know, maybe the conversation is is slowed down because they want a replacement at catcher and and they're looking at Bo Naylor as a guy who's close to being ready and and thinking that the Guardians should give up a Bo Naylor. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, it it's really kind of a it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. You know, I was thinking, you know, if if you're if you're Oakland, you know, and and you're looking at uh, Cleveland's roster, you're looking at the depth they have in in the uh in the middle infield. I mean, you're going to start off, you know, you know, aiming high. What if they asked for Andres Jimenez? What what would what would your answer be if you were uh, Chris Antonetti? I mean, the, the negotiations would be short. That's uh, <laughs> uh, the guys that in terms of now, this is I, I don't I don't know that Chris Antonetti operates that way, but uh, guys would be off the table would be Stephen Kwan, Oscar Gonzalez and Andres Jimenez right off the bat. That that would be non those, those would be non-starters uh, in terms of the conversation there. Uh, it, I would be open to maybe. Uh, a, a John Kenzie Noel or uh, a George Valera or uh, a, a Jose Tanya, but or a Brian Rocchio, but only like one of those guys in combination with one of the major league ready guys, because uh, those guys are are at AAA or, or close to it and you know and, and ready to um to to make an impact within the next year or two, uh, but that's not apparently what Oakland's looking for. Would you? What about a Will Brennan? Uh, yeah, I, I, if, if that wasn't, if that was an ask, I would say for sure that that's, that's something like, I, you know, they, it looked like, um, they asked for the Cardinals, uh, they wanted Lars Newtbar and, and that's a guy who, you know, he's the guy who made Harrison Bader expendable for St. Louis. So you got to think in those terms, uh, you know, maybe they're, they're not doing a good enough job of convincing them. Will uh, Benson is a guy who who could make an impact for, for Oakland. Uh, but, you know, Benson or Brennan, I think either or both of those guys could, uh, would, you know, I, I would be more than happy to get rid of either one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. And then, okay, let's say, all right, they, they, they can't make a deal with Oakland. You know, they get shut out going to Toronto. Uh, they don't want to spend any more uh, money on free agents or, you know, you know, on on high profile free agent catcher, do you bring what do you what happens with Austin Hedges? He is still out there. Yeah, I think if at the end of the day Austin Hedges is still out there and and you missed out on Sean Murphy and uh, you didn't like what the the uh, the the Blue Jays were asking for, uh, like a Danny Jansen or anybody like that, um, and and maybe Vasquez is is out of your price range because he's asking for too much as well. Uh, I think you you pivot and you go back to Austin Hedges and you you try to reunite with him and uh, because he you, you know he wants to be here uh, you know that that what you're getting with him in terms of the the character and the the clubhouse and the defense and you, you're just not getting anything at the plate and uh, it was an area where you you really just wanted to improve your offense uh, you're going to have to try and make up for it in other areas. Yeah, and you've you've added Bell, you know. Hopefully, if he passes his physical and everything, and you've added Bell, that's going to help the offense. Uh, you know, 
in a perfect world, you would have liked to added a, an offensive-minded catcher, but if you can't, maybe you know this is the fallback situation. And either would you would you have a Bo Naylor back up uh, uh, Hedges, or would you have Bo Naylor playing every day at at AAA? No, I, I start the season. I've I've maintained this since the the end of the regular season. I've said Bo Naylor will not make the opening day roster unless there's some sort of catastrophe or, or, or urgent need for it, or he, you know, really blows them away in spring training. But I, I think he opens the season at AAA. He plays every day. He gets hot and he comes up, you know, in May, unless, unless Sean Murphy is your guy and, 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 you know, he's got the the position to himself. So uh, that that's, uh, I haven't moved off of that and I, they haven't given any indication that, uh, that I should move off of that. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, just from listening to them at the winter meetings, I think that's the course they're going to take regardless of, uh, you know, what happens at the catcher situation. I mean, uh, Terry Francona said, but, you know, we need patience. He asked the fans to be patient that, you know, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff have, uh, you know, earned his trust in the way they put this club together. And he, he believes they'll have a catcher by opening day and let's hope they do joe well their 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 pitching staff their rotation in their bullpen uh that's like driving a cadillac so you, you need somebody back there with the keys to the cadillac and you know and, and working things and uh I, i'm sure that they will they will have somebody back there wearing the gear uh one way or another uh we talked about you know if, if this is any indication if you want to read tea leaves or anything like that uh, the Guardians came out with a list of players uh, confirmed to be appearing at Guardians Fest uh, in uh, in January. Uh, among those uh, confirmed to be there, Josh Naylor, Bo Naylor, Gabriel Arias, Will Benson, Oscar Gonzalez, Stephen Kwan, Ahmed Rosario, Brian Rocchio. That's just the first sort of wave of confirmed players. I'm sure there are more that will be there, but... Uh, that list is any indication. Those are those are guys who who might not be traded before then. Uh, you know, maybe maybe a few of them will be traded before then. But uh, Bo Naylor, uh, you know, on the list. Gabriel Arias on the list. Will Benson on the list. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's surely it's subject to change. But uh, those are the guys who will be at the convention center to to sign autographs uh, in late January. I like that, Joe. I like that you're looking ahead, man, and uh, you're playing that. That you're everybody's playing checkers, and you're playing chess. So I, I like to see that. Yeah, that that's my reputation. Is that I try <laughs> to figure things out like that. Uh, you know, it, it's worked out so far. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the so we we've got the asking price for for Sean Murphy. We've got sort of a ballpark of that. Uh, What's going on in Boston where they just, you know, they just lost their longtime shortstop uh, and, you know, they're coming off of uh, a period where this, this, uh, the ownership is, is being criticized for not spending money uh, in one of the bigger markets and one of the historically, you know, more, you know, spending minded uh, markets uh, in, in baseball. Uh, they come out and they lose Bogarts, but they're, they're offering this crazy contract to a, uh, Japanese uh, 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 outfielder uh, uh, Yoshida is is going to uh, sign there, and he was just posted the other day. Yeah, Masataka Yoshida. Just uh, Boston has come to an agreement with uh, with his Japanese club, five years, 
Well, they signed him for a five year, five years, ninety million dollars, and uh, that doesn't uh, that doesn't include the uh, posting costs, which uh, you know you know puts the price like above a hundred. Like yeah, it puts uh yeah it puts the price above a hundred million dollars, and that and uh, you know they they just signed uh, Kenley Jansen. But they 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 let Alexander Bogarts, a ten-year homegrown uh, player, you know, uh, walk away uh, to uh, you know end up with San Diego. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, there's blood in the water in Boston. So I, the 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 Red Sox fans are not happy, and it, that, that is such a crazy club, Joe. I mean, they are like, uh, you know, either they finish, either they win the World Series or they finish last in the AL East. There, there's no in-between with this team. And, uh, you know, it's got to be driving the Red Sox fans, you know, insane. Well, the division they play in is is ultra competitive. And, and uh, you know, Yoshida will will help them. It looks like he hit 336 with a, a 1007 OPS and 21 home runs uh, in the, the Japanese league last year. Um, but, but the question is, will his power translate? He's only five foot eight, 176 pounds. Uh, you know, so he's a, he's a little guy, but you know, he's, he's going to he's a right-handed bat. He's going to have the, uh, uh, the monster out there in left field. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've read some stories where, uh, you know, other executives said the, uh, the Red Sox really overpaid for this guy. They didn't, you know, that other teams had him, didn't have him rated that high. Uh, so we'll see, you know, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of Japanese hitters come over. I mean, pitchers come over to the big leagues and have great success, uh, hitting wise, not so much, you know, outside of the Ichiro. Yeah, I, I take that back. He's a left-handed bat, so he won't be challenging the uh, the green monster. It's uh, he'll he'll be trying to wrap it around uh, the pesky pole. We'll uh, we'll we'll see if he's able to do that. Uh, but uh, you know, he 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 led his uh his Oryx team uh to the uh, a win in Game Seven of the the uh, the Japanese World Series. So. You know, that's uh, is a guy who knows how to win. And he's coming into an, an environment where he's going to have to. You know, maybe we'll see uh, a, a bit of him in the World Baseball Classic, uh, depending uh, if he's he's able to play over there. So it uh, should be interesting uh, with with all the the free agent signings going on. And, and we're sort of in this holding pattern now waiting for the Guardians to to make their next big move. I, I think they've got at least one big move left in them, Hoinsey, before uh, – before they start the, the the flurry of uh, you know little moves like uh, a bunch of non-roster invitees that they'll be you know uh, handing out and 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 posting all those little uh, sort of smaller moves after they square the catching uh, question away, we're uh, we're anticipating and waiting for that to happen this week. Yeah, uh, that's a good point, Joe. And uh, you know they've got time now. You know you're out of the winter meetings. You know, now, uh, you know, all the work you've done since, you know, the middle of last season at the trade deadline, at the GM meetings, all the work you put in it at the at the winter meetings now, you know, kind of, you know, it'll filter out and we'll we'll see where it ends up. But, you know, I, they need a catcher and I think they'll add one one way or the other. And, uh, you know, it's going to the one thing I'm going to be interested in, Joe, is where the uh, the payroll ends up, you know, Josh Bell. You know, boost this thing to what they were at sixty-eight million uh, at, at the start of last season. They go up to what eighty-four million with uh, you know with Bell's contract at least. 
Then you've got the seven guys uh, eligible for arbitration. So, you know, we could be looking at a, a payroll of maybe around $90 million. Who knows? Yeah, I was I was thinking I was I was just putting like doing rough math in my head uh, somewhere in the, the 90 to, to uh, you know, just short of a hundred million dollar range, uh, which, you know, would be a significant increase over the last couple of seasons. So, uh, you know, fun to watch that and, and see how it translates on the field uh, for this Guardians ball club. All right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap up uh, this week. Uh, we, 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 we had a lot of, a uh, lot of news, a lot of action this week for the Guardians uh, and in baseball. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to, how things shake out over the weekend. Maybe we'll uh, we'll be talking about a new catcher on on Monday and uh, see what the possibilities are there. We'll catch you again uh, on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.